welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 226. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. With me, as always, is Henry. Hi, Henry. Hi. We hope you're all doing splendidly there in your various stages of lockdown or release from lockdown or general disorientation. Hopefully those of you who need dental care and or haircuts have been able to get them. And those of you who have not, have not been able to do that yet, like Henry and I, we're just muddling through just fine. Anything going on, Henry? No. Yeah? How's the art? Good. Yeah? Still drawing away? Yeah. Like you said last week, you said that uh, half of what you make off of your artwork yeah. is going to go to COVID-19 relief, yeah. right? That's still the plan? Yeah. Excellent. So check out the uh, posts. There are a number of posts on Instagram with uh, samples of Henry's art. He also does, uh, we haven't talked about this much, you'll also do custom projects, right? Yeah. If someone uh, sends us a request for, I don't know, a clown or a spider or, I don't want to speak for the artist, but I'm assuming within reason, pretty much anything you want him to draw, he'll draw. And uh, and we can discuss the, the terms for a project like that. So, yeah, keep that in mind. Nothing new with me, really. I desperately do need a haircut, but, I, I mean, if that's the worst part of a pandemic, that you're inconvenienced by not needing a haircut, by needing a haircut, then uh, I guess you're not doing so bad. No news this week on my news list. Any news on your news list, Henry? No. All right, well, let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is Combat 2. No, we're not playing Combat Twice. We're playing a game called Combat 2. Which is a thing, frankly, I didn't know existed until it came up on the list of games on my Flashback 9. As you know, I'm on a quest of sorts to play every game on the combat or on the Flashback, apparently in alphabetical order, because that's how my brain works. And I'm up to the C's at this point with Combat 2. Atari put this thing out in 1982. We'll discuss that further in a minute. It's got an impressive-looking cover, right? It's very military-looking uh, lettering, combat 2, you got a tank and you got an airplane firing on the tank. It's very impressive looking. Table of contents, that's exciting. They give us a little story. They're horning in on my action some 35 years earlier. 30, I can't do math. 1982 to 2020. Henry, how many years is that? 32. Thank you. I was right. The objective. The year is 2037. Mankind has finally tired of fighting massive wars with millions senselessly slaughtered. All this has been replaced by a new kind of warfare, the combat duels. Wait, wait, what? Uh, huh? 1982 to 2020? Yeah, as I was Not saying about that, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, you're right. That didn't sound right. Math is hard, folks. Neither of us have been in school for a while, so uh, don't write angry tweets at me. We, we caught our mistake. All right, so the year 2037, mankind is finally tired of fighting massive wars with millions senselessly slaughtered. All of this has been replaced by a new kind of warfare, the combat duels. Anytime diplomacy between new two nations fail, they decide the conflict via the duels. This reminds me of, off spoken of but never heard. Did you get this from? Jill. From the... What? Control. It looks like a wire. Oh, Henry just held up a piece of wire that came from somewhere. As far as I know, nothing's broken in the house. So if anything starts sparking or doesn't turn on, let me know, because I don't know where this came from. I have not, to answer your question, no, I have not tried to take apart the, 20, the 5200 yet. Those of you who, cons- who are concerned about my 5200, I have not worked any more on it. 
I have the parts, I think, to replace the controller, fix the controllers. I am more concerned about the, at the moment, I'm more concerned about the console itself. The button is gummy. It only turns on, the power only turns on occasionally. Um, and when it does, the display is black and white. You can put it in a game and it shows up on the screen. I can't play it because I don't have a functioning controller, but it comes up on the screen, but it's in black and white. So I'm more concerned about fixing those issues before I try to fix the controllers because I'm not going to know if the controllers are working if the console isn't working. So We have a new guest. Oh, Bug has joined us. I don't know that it was necessarily uh, her choice, but she's here. Anyway, we were talking about Combat 2. I'll start over. The year is 2037. Mankind is finally tired of fighting massive wars with millions senselessly slaughtered. All of this has been replaced by a new kind of warfare, the combat duels. Anytime diplomacy between two nations fails, they decide the conflict via the duels. It reminds what I started to say was it reminds me a little bit of Jill's international diplomacy theory. What is that? Her concept is that anytime uh, countries are fighting about something, or really anytime there's a conflict, you just chuck everybody into a fenced on an island somewhere. It's all fenced off. You give them whatever they want to fight with, and you just let them stay there, and they fight it out. And that's how you solve. That's basically what war is. Conf- yeah, but she's saying you you make sure that everyone's confined to one space, and they can only fight each other. They can't hurt anybody else, and what they just stay there until they fight it out. It what? would be like thousands of people, and with like weapon, with like guns and knives and stuff. Mm-hmm. Who would want? What do you think? Who else would you think would be in the raft? Well, that's what I'm saying. There's nobody else in there. It's just them. <coughs> and they can fight it out. That's my wife's uh, theory of international relations. So basically what I'm saying is combat duel, that's sort of what this is, right? Instead of having massive full-scale wars, they just go to this arena, uh, this virtual battlefield, and fight it out. But they are not playing just for themselves. They represent the entire nation. All major nations have approved the duels as a means of resolving conflicts. These individuals are merely called com- merely called combatants, all right? But they're trained hard and fought thousands of test duels to earn the right to be the champions for their nations. Combat 2 will put you... Oh, sorry, I put the emphasis in the wrong place. Combat 2... Yeah. Take three. Combat 2 will put you in the role of such a combatant, a mighty hero of the virtual battlefield. Prove to your country that you are the chosen one and lead them to victory. If you fail and disgrace your country, your fellow citizens won't be harmed, but they may harm you for losing. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So what you've got, it's basically, it's the, the virtual battlefield is basically the combat battlefield we all know and love, right? It's a big rectangle. You can't exit until one has been defeated. The arena is a simulation of realistic battlefields, however, in original combat, it's just, a lot of times, it's just a big empty rectangle. Sometimes you might get these weird little barriers that don't really look like anything in real combat, but there are things that you can hide behind or move around. In combat 2, you get... It's hard to control it because you always get stuck on corners and... And yeah, I mean, you've got the woods, you've got fortifications, you've got a river that divides the battlefield into two halves that's connected by bridges, although it doesn't seem like you really necessarily need the bridges, because I think your tank can, can go through the water. Like a real battlefield, the manual says, some areas cannot be traversed, and some areas will provide cover from the enemy shields. Although in some of the versions of the game, the fortifications, you can shoot through them. Combatants' bases are located in opposite corners, northeast and southeast. 
sorry, northwest and southeast. From these bases, you can attack the enemy with your mighty tank and surface-to-surface -surface missiles. Plan your actions carefully and take advantage of the terrain to overwhelm your opponent. The objective, obviously, to destroy the enemy tank. Each combatant has two weapon systems and a base at their disposal. You have your tank, of course. The enemy's base can only be destroyed by the tank. Due to its massive armor, the tank cannot be destroyed in a single direct hit. But it's, if it suffers a second hit, it will blow up. That, of course, is also a change from original no, combat. No, if you hit it three times. I'm just reading what the manual says. Don't argue with the manual. Due to its massive armor, the tank cannot be destroyed by a single direct hit. But if it suffers a second hit, it will blow up. I don't know. That's what it says. In the original combat, of course, one hit. And you, it would, well, no, I'd hit that bat. It wouldn't blow you up. You would just blow you across the screen, I think. I don't think in the original combat you had a certain number of tanks. I think you just played until you scored a certain number of points, like 10 points or something. So when you got hit, it would, the force of the hit would propel you across the screen, but it wouldn't actually blow you up. In this one, you get, you know, a certain number of tanks and it blows you, they get blown up. At the beginning of the battle, each side has four tanks, but combatants can only command one tank at a time. The remainder of the tanks remain in base or er, as backup. Technically, have five tanks. I didn't say that, but... It says four tanks. I Were there five? Because you have your tank on your start out, and then the four, and then the four other lives. Oh, okay. I thought it was four total. Tanks can travel through the woods and the water, but this terrain will slow them down considerably. And then we get to probably the coolest part of combat 2, the surface-to-surface -surface missile. This weapon is used specifically to destroy an enemy tank. Once the missile is launched, it will home in on an enemy tank, but it can only be launched from a tank while it is sheltered within its own base. Once a base is destroyed, missiles can no longer be launched. It takes time to reload the weapon, so there is a delay before you can launch a second missile. The base has three functions. One, it provides cover to a tank within its walls. It holds the remaining backup tanks, and it allows tanks to launch the missiles. It is important to protect your base. Without missiles and spare tanks, your enemy is the upper hand. I never really realized the little bit that we played that you could actually destroy the base itself. I thought the idea was just to destroy the tanks. Yeah, so Did you notice that? Uh, okay. I noticed it as I was destroying your base. Oh, okay. I didn't notice that, I guess. Game controls. Use the joystick to maneuver your tank. Pretty intuitive, right? You hold the controller with the red button to your upper left toward the television screen. Remember that, guys. For player one, uh, plug, okay, it tells you how to plug the joysticks and we know how to do that. To move your tank in a specific direction on the screen, press your, push your joystick in the same direction. Tank moving backwards is considerably slower than tank moving forward. Press the red button to fire the main gun for your tank. To launch the surface-to-surface -surface missile, press the red button when your tank is in your own base and the missile is armed. The display, uh, the player status display, shows the complete status of a player. In the first row, you see the remaining number of tanks. The left column shows the two states of the missile, one ready to fire and two reloading. In the right column, the three different states of the actual tank, from no damages to heavy damages. I didn't probably didn't pay enough attention to that player status display, other than to notice when Henry was wiping out all my tanks. Jerk. What? I was just saying I didn't really pay much attention to the damage information in the status, other than I would notice every time you destroyed one of my tanks and I lost another tank because you're a big jerk. So, press the game select switch to choose one of four arenas. Arenas will feature either wooded terrain or fortifications and will be configured randomly or by the combatants themselves. Difficulty switches and TV type switches have no function. In games one and two, press game reset to start the game. That's pretty obvious. In games three and four, however, press game reset once to place woods or fortifications. And when finished, press it a second time to start the battle with the customized battlefield. 
we didn't mess around too much with that. The game we played for the field report, I think, was like game three, where you could do that. We pretty much just didn't and just left the uh, arena pretty empty, except for the river and the bridges in the middle and then our bases, I guess, just to make it uh, quit messing around with all that, you know, that wimpy, that wimpy hiding stuff. We just wanted to go at it. Right, Henry? Because rules don't apply to us. So the manual gives little diagrams of what the different screens look like. Game one is a wooded battlefield. Game two is a fortified battlefield. Game three is wooded by design. And game four is fortified by design. At the beginning of game four, fortifications can be placed onto the battlefield by the combatants themselves. To start the game after the setup is complete, game reset has to be pushed. Otherwise, the game is the same as game two. And there's some other similar caveats for the other games. Strategies. Know the terrain. Duh. Tanks move fast on clear terrain and bridges, but slow through water, woods and water. They cannot move through fortifications. Keep this in mind as you travel the battlefield. Strike first, strike hard. Try to hit the enemy before they hit you. That seems obvious. And don't let them get away before you hit them a few more times. Diversify your attacks. Confuse your enemy by launching a missile when they least expect it. Problem with that is, unless you just stay in your base... The other and just randomly fire missiles, the other side's going to know when you're firing a missile because you have to go back to your base to do it. If you're driving around in your tank and you suddenly turn around and go back to your base, I think the other player pretty much knows, oh, he's going to go fire a missile at me. So I don't know how helpful that strategy is. But the other player, that you, the other player can't really do anything about but it. But that's the thing. You can't really do anything about it. We have figured out, unless some of you out there have more skill than we do, you can't outrun the missile that's homing in on you, there's nowhere you can go that it won't get you. Once it's fired, pretty much your only chance is to fire on the other tank and hope that you destroy it. At least take it down with you. Because I think we even noticed that my first thought was maybe you can destroy the missile as it's flying, but you can't. So then I thought, well, maybe you can destroy the other tank before the missile hits you, and that somehow makes the missile go away. But I don't think that works either. I think you're just dead once the missile fires. And the final strategy is practice. Reminds me of the old joke. How do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. Made famous in the, uh, I was going to say Academy Award winning movie. Uh, what was it called? The Schwarzenegger thing. Last Action Hero? Is that the one? Mm-hmm. Henry doesn't know. Henry wouldn't know. He hasn't seen it. For those of you listening, though, isn't that a joke in that movie? I'm sure it's a joke from somewhere before that, but isn't that one of the supposedly funny lines in that movie? If you have thoughts about Arnold Schwarzenegger or The Last Action Hero, let me know. All right, so there's an appendix to the manual copy that I have with some original artwork claiming that there are only two original artwork sketches to Combat 2. And they're kind of cool looking. Henry should practice drawing these. These sketches. Actually, this manual provides a a review of Combat 2. The review is by Kaida Lita. Atari Gaming Headquarters, www.atarihq.com. It's time to make another periodic update to your Atari 2600 game list because yet another prototype cartridge has been uncovered from the grave. Combat 2. When you think about it, it's really mind-boggling. We don't often hear about too many NES, Sega Master System, or ColecoVision games being discovered, yet it seems that prototype Atari titles are turning up at an astonishing rate, even over 15 years after the fact. The uh, eagerly awaited sequel to the original 2600 patch and cartridge Combat 2 never made it out of the machine. Say what you want about the old combat, we loved it, it was great. Although playable in its current form, we were guessing that Combat 2 was in its early stages of development. Game options are few and only tanks are playable in this sequel. Without taking into account that this game is probably not in its final form, Combat 2 is disappointing. 
Graphics are hardly an improvement over its predecessor. Uh, we didn't mention that. The tanks look exactly like the tanks in the original combat, which is to say not much like tanks at all. So, I mean, there's that familiarity. Familiarity in some ex respects is kind of comforting, but, I mean, the reviewer is right. It, it, they haven't improved on that at all. Graphics are hardly an improvement over the predecessor. The variety is lacking with no options for such cool features as invisible tanks, tank shots, and planes, uh, which is interesting because the artwork on the manual shows a plane shooting at the tank, but you can't actually do that in the game. It seems like Atari tried more for a simulation feel with this one and lost much of the high-action fun of the first combat in the process. Steve Morgenstern, the former editor of Atari Age, wanted to sell some of his prototypes, which he got during his time at Atari Age. I don't know this myself. I'm just still reading from this uh, version of the manual that I got off of... Uh, maybe I got it off of Atari Age. I'm not even sure. Henry, where did we get this manual? Henry's looking it up. According to this, the uh, Steve Morgenstern, the former editor of Atari Age, wanted to sell some prototypes, which he got during his time at Atari Age. He was lucky to be informed by a fellow collector about this and got in contact with Steve. After some negotiating, I ended up buying some prototypes from him, among others, Combat 2. At that time, one of a kind. The game database. The game database. Thank you, Henry. That's where I'm reading all this from. Several factors influenced me to release a prototype or production version of Combat 2. Atari fans should have the opportunity to experience it. Certain prototypes deserve to be treated with tender loving care. Combat was definitely one of them. Combat 2. Gameplay may not live up to everyone's high expectations, especially considering the high watermark set by its predecessor, but it's nonetheless an important part of video gaming history. Credit for all this that I'm reading to Mark Oberhauser at Retro Design. Alright. So yeah, uh, we're playing a prototype. Again, not one I was familiar with, for obvious reasons, right? Um, all you guys who are way more hardcore Atari people than, than I have been traditionally over the years probably knew all about Combat 2. I did not. Uh, I just think it's very interesting. Our friends over at Wikipedia say that the sequel to Combat was announced in 82, scheduled for release in 84, but then, of course, the video game crash of 83 happened, causing the game to be delayed and ultimately canceled. Some 250 copies of the prototype were produced in cartridge format and sold at Classic Gaming Expo in 2001. Atari finally released it on the Flashback 2 in 2005. It has seen two subsequent releases, a 2011 Nintendo DS compilation, Atari's Greatest Hits Volume 2, and a 2012 iPhone and Android app, Atari's Greatest Hits. And of course, we know it's on the Flashback 9, and I'm guessing all of those in between 2 and 9. A 3D remake developed by Magic Lantern and published by Infodames, Infodrames, Infodrames, I think it's supposed to be, was released in 2001 for Windows. Atari Protoss observed that the prototype artwork for Combat 2 was shown in an Atari catalog. The model number was eventually assigned to Roadrunner in 1984. Oh, Roadrunner's a fun game, too. I should get that out again and play it. I've already done on the show, but we should get out and play it sometime. Anyway. Atari Protoss uh, goes on to say that, of course, for various reasons, including the fact that it was the first game released for the 2600, was included with all new 2600s until 1982, incredibly popular and incredibly available, uh, which makes it frustrating for collectors finding uh, constantly finding tons of cartridges for combat, less so for other games. Um, so it was obvious that they were going to do a sequel, but the sequel needs to have new twists without taking away from any of the gameplay that made the original a hit. But Atari only got the first part right. Combat 2 does indeed have new twists. We talked about those. While all these new options may have made for a more interesting game, they took away the gameplay elements that played, made the original so much fun. 
combat went from being a two-player fast-action shooting fest to more of a slow strategy game, no longer suited for the quick grudge match. Had Atari called the game Tank Battle, or Tank Commander, no one would have batted an eye, but when you slap the combat name onto a game, it better live up to its successor. To its predecessor, I think. Combat 2 is just too far of a departure from the original, according to this reviewer. Only tanks are featured in this version. It's thought that the final version would have included the planes and jets that made the original such a hit. Maybe a more complete version is out there somewhere. Alright, well that is how you play and how some people think about Combat 2. Usually I have a funny thing here in my notes, Henry, that says, After the break, we're going to do something. But I didn't write anything. So, do you have something funny to say about what we're going to do after the break? No? I don't either. So, before the break, but after I say the words after the break, we will observe a moment of silence. Time for Combat 2, Electric Boogaloo. Henry has chosen a very simple terrain for this one. We got a river running through it. A river runs through it uh, with bridges, but no trees or anything. So let the carnage be dead. Uh, that's right. Actually, what we've chosen is one where you get to pick the amount of trees that you want. Pardon us while the old man and the young man and the young boy try to figure out how to actually start the game. This is riveting podcasting. That's what I did last time, but now we gotta pick trees and stuff. Alright, there we go. We have pretty much no trees. I am staying in my base. I'm sleeping in today. And I'm launching a missile. Aha. Will the missiles blow each other up? No. Darn it! Direct hit on me. Direct hit on Henry. So far we've not been successful in outrunning missiles. I don't know if it's possible or not. One of my guys is gone. Another missile. Now I'm going in for the kill. Throw it in right. Your face. Ah. I lost another tank. Henry's deeply damaged though. Was. Another missile. Henry's afraid, I can tell. We were deeply engrossed in the carnage. I have no extra tanks left. Henry has three extra tanks. What do you think of the look of this game, Henry? And I'm dead already. I don't like combat too. Back to you in the studio. Wah, wah, wah.
Hey, Atari fans, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Join Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review cartridge-based games for the Atari's last answer, the 8-bit gaming system, as well as delve deep into their history. Kieran will also introduce everyone to the UK's budget games. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So, here's the thing about Combat 2. Henry, do we like Combat 2? Sure. Sure? What do we like about it? Oh, here's where we pause for, I guess it's a new segment. What's Henry playing while doing a podcast talking about a different game? What's Henry playing today? Game. What do you play? Just Build. What? Just Build. It's a building game. Just Build. Yeah. So I'm looking at the screen, and there's some sort of robot-looking thing walking around, this weird flashing uh, set of rectangles and stuff. Are you building the robot or are you building the road that he's walking on? I'm building, I'm the, I'm the, controlling the robot that's building stuff. What's, what's he building? I don't know. Is it just shapes or is it a specific thing? No. It's not a specific thing. How do you score points? You're not score points, you just run around building stuff. Just whatever you want? Yeah. Okay. Would you, whoa. He jumped. I fell. So what are you trying to build? I don't know. I'm just building random stuff. Okay. But there's no specific goal? No. You're not trying to build a, a bridge or a building? or. No, it's just to get better at building and uh, building games. All right. Well, this has been this week's segment in What is Henry Playing? while talking about a podcast, talking about a different game. Well, for my part, I like combat, too. Um, I like the original as well, uh, a lot of affection for the original combat. And, yeah, you do kind of miss out on the whole we're just playing this to blast each other aspect of the original combat. You do have the callbacks in the form of, unintentionally, I suppose, the fact that the tanks still look kind of crappy. And when they get hit, uh, but when they get hit in the original combat, we were talking about this before we recorded today, I think, when you get hit in the original combat, it doesn't really destroy you. It just sort of blasts you across the screen, and it's kind of funny. In this one, it, you just kind of change color, and it, it registers some damage on you. So that's less fun, I guess, and more of a traditional game mechanic. Do kind of miss the planes. There's no planes. I like the surfaced air missile thing. That's kind of cool. But yeah, it's not combat. It's some other military tank game that's really going on. I, it does. It feels like a complete game to me. I, I don't know. It doesn't feel incomplete. I just registered that it's not why people think. Well, this isn't really combat. Uh, call it something else. But I don't think it's a bad game. Otherwise, I'd, I'd play it some more. Would Henry play it some more? Yeah. Yeah. So we'd both play it. And as always, that's our metric. Would we play this game again? And we would. So it's a success as far as these podcasters are concerned. 
it's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. Henry, do you have a story you'd like to share this week? No. All right. I do, as it happens. This week's story is titled, Combat, Combat Everywhere. Once more unto the breach, General Doug bellowed to his soldiers. He couldn't actually see them, what with the oversized chartreuse helmet. Chartreuse was probably an odd choice for a soldier. He'd have to remember that next time. Huh? came the assembled response from the phalanx assembled behind him. Just, you know, Doug said, attack them again. Well, you know, one tentative voice said. It might have been Doug's major domo, Gwendolyn, or Colonel Connie, or maybe TV's Wonder Woman, Linda Carter. Attacking them didn't really work last time, probably not, Linda Carter said. What makes you think it will work this time? We have to try, General Doug said. This time, we'll try the hard bristles. Weapons up. The soldiers in unison brandished their four-foot-tall toothbrushes with extra rubbery toothpick thing on the end. The battle commenced. Reality dissolves away, like toothpaste swirling down a drain. Doug squints into the blazing sun. Sweat glides down his cheeks. He's a gladiator in the arena. He's prepared to do combat with... what? Will it be a lion this time? A psychotic killer brandishing a spear? Perhaps a fire-breathing dragon that knows nothing but destruction. Doug turns, head swiveling, making little circles in the sand. The stout steel gates of the arena are still closed. Which one will his foe emerge from? And when? Which of those adversaries will be Doug's fate? None. He knows it will be none of them. This new enemy is something unfamiliar, and all the, mo- all the more terrifying for it. The crowd roars. Doug can't see them. Doesn't want to, really. Some of them roar, Get him, Doug! Slay the monster! One of the gates creaks, slides up a few inches. Something is coming. You can do it, Doug! But, but I don't know... The gate slides open a little bit more. Doug raises his broomstick? Where did that come from? You suck, Doug, roars the crowd. I'm doing my best, Doug pleads. He drops his banjo, picks it up again. Now it's a precariously tilting tower of children's building blocks. Doug swerves to his left as a subhuman cry erupts from within the gate behind him. The blocks fall to the sand, the letters on them spelling out, Death for all. The gate slides open. The beast within emerges. No, wait, Doug says. The scene, like grains of sand through the hourglass, thanks days of our lives, falls away. The forest is humid and dark. The canopy of leaves overhead obscures the sunlight. Tank Commander Doug waits atop his machine, ready to overtake the enemy with thousands of pounds of steel. For once, he thinks, he's ready to give the adversary a run for its money. If only he could find it. Static crackles in Doug's headset. The division commander, safely out of the line of fire, Doug notes, barks into Doug's ear. What the hell are you waiting for? Attack! I can't see it. What? I don't know where it is, Doug explains. That's ridiculous, the division commander says. We've mapped this out. Just destroy the thing and go home. It's not that easy. We've got an entire village cowering in fear. Get this done. Commander, Doug says, then pauses as he hears the rustle of leaves. Nope, nothing. You're wasting time, the division commander says. I've got to answer to our superiors. Doug has kind of had it. A deep thud shakes the trees as he bangs down irritably on the tank hatch with one of those oversized 
hand head-whacking mallets from old cartoons. Doug positions the mic on his headset over, headset over his mouth for maximum audio. He retorts, Then you come down here! Doug is interrupted by something suddenly moving very fast in his peripheral vision. He stumbles backward, nearly falling off the tank. A massive boom shatters the oppressive silence, silence as the tank fires. A monkey is suddenly perched on his shoulder. Dark, beady eyes burrow into Doug's. Hot monkey breath. It was probably a white-bellied spider monkey, for those keeping track. Warms his cheeks. May I help you? Doug says. The monkey laughs. You suck, dude. The alarm on Doug's phone chimes. It's a marching band melody chosen more for the jarring effect of the tuba than out of any love for marching band music. Doug groans and sits up in bed. The dream fades away slowly but deliberately. The monkey's tiny eyes linger to the end. Was that a wink just before it popped out of reality? As Doug's senses come back online, he realizes where he is and what his day entails. Just enough time for some toast and a shower, then off to the lab. COVID-19 isn't going to cure itself. Doug absently shakes his hands, wishing he had a cartoon mallet, but not really sure why. Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket Jeff Fulton from the Into the Vertical Blank Growing Up Atari podcast. You're listening to the incomparable Bill and his wonderful stories, gameplay sessions, and just plain fun that he has with his Atari and sometimes in television systems here on the Atari Bytes podcast. We cover all things Atari from the 2600 through all the video game systems, computers, and more. Our first game system was the 2600, and we loved it. We still do. So when you want more Atari, come visit us in the vertical blank. And that's our show. Thanks as always, Henry, for hanging out with me. Thanks, Henry. Yeah. Did you build your thing successfully? Yeah. All right. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the storytime theme. Fight your way over to Apple Podcasts and leave a non-combative five-star review of this show. Email the show at AtariVice2016 at gmail.com, like the show on our Facebook page, follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And, of course, look us up on Instagram. Don't forget, you can also call us. You can leave a voicemail at 563-265-1978 about pretty much anything you want, and there's a pretty good chance we'll play it on the show. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com for all sorts of things, including information, social media, show notes for Atari Bytes, also for It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, my monthly ode to all things related to the iconic Peanuts comic strip. There's information about books that I've written, Light, Misery, Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts, all sorts of stuff over there. Go check it out. Please consider supporting the show financially by making uh, bec- by becoming a subscriber on the Atari Bytes Patreon page. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. Just look us up over there. If you do, you might get access to episodes early. Uh, you might not have to wait till Sunday every week to get the episode. You might be able to get bonus content every so often. We do other things related to this podcast that we don't actually talk about on the regular podcast. And we record them and we put them out for the patrons to uh, to enjoy. And you can get access to that if you're a subscriber. Which reminds me, we got to come up with some more Patreon content pretty soon. Maybe later this month we can work on something. If you do become a subscriber, um, you can join the likes of Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, and Aerospike. 
Uh, they are subscribers currently. They are awesome for it, and we thank them. You can still get Go Play Some Old Games They've Missed You shirts and mugs over there at zazzle.com slash ab underscore pod underscore store. Um, someday, I say this every week, someday I'm going to overhaul that store. All right. Unless Henry has anything else to talk about, all that's left is to tell you guys what we're doing next week. Do you have anything else? No. Nope. Henry's got nothing else. And my tank is empty as well. So, next time on Atari Bytes, Cosmic Commuter. Don't know what that is. Any idea what that is, Henry? No. It's the next thing in the C section of the flashback. So, we're going to check that out. Hopefully find out what it is. It's going to be a very short podcast if we don't. And that's a thing we're doing. If you have thoughts about Cosmic Commuter, go ahead and send them now. And maybe I can get them into the show. If not next week, then the week after that. So, until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. Oh, 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 oh,